The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? I think I would have been ready. Always flying by the seat of my pants. Always. It's like my whole life is being held together by duct tape. Yeah. And go. I think we're up on Facebook. I know we're up on YouTube. Yeah, I see you on Facebook there. Wi-Fi is so slow. Usually I play Facebook, but it's not Facebook today. What do you say we get this show on the road, huh? Let's do it. We're gonna make them do the pop buzz, but I won't. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. We've got a very interesting show for you today. The local elections are November seventh. That is, if you're watching us live, that is next Tuesday. If you're not watching us live, it's Tuesday, November seventh. Hopefully. You're all watching this before the election. We are losing our democracy at the local level, folks. Fewer and fewer people are voting for their local school committee, their local city council. Fewer and fewer people care about who their local mayor is, uh, how much property taxes they're paying, the the municipal services that you're getting. Um, I see every year it seems like fewer and fewer people are voting. So what we want to do today is we want to educate you about your local at-large city council. Now, at-large means citywide. Every community is different. In Lawrence, there are, uh, is it six, Rich? Six district councilors? Six district. six district councilors and then three citywide councilors. So whatever district you live in, you get to, everyone gets to vote on, on these candidates, the, the at-large councilors. And then you also get to vote on a district council race. Um, two, I think uh, only two of those uh, races in Methuen. Um, there are, what, three districts in Methuen. There are two councilors that represent each district. And only two of them really have any competition. Um, today we have at-large city councilors uh, seeking to be an at-large city councilor. Incumbent Nick DeZoglio to my far left, to your far right. Uh, school committee, are you president? Are you chairman of the school committee still? I am currently secretary. Okay, but you were former president of the... vice vice chair. Former vice chair of the Methuen School Committee, current member of the Methuen School Committee, and chairman of the Greater Lawrence Text... I'm sorry, Jane is Annie Pesci. And <laughs> I'm trying to breeze through this as quick as I can. Maybe I'm just going a little too fast. Um, and president of the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee, Francisco Cirillo, uh, DJ Boragod, who is Dave Boragod, who is also running for re-election, uh, chose not to be here today. And so uh, what I'm going to ask, you could vote for three, by the way. So um, I would probably be paying more attention to the people that cared enough to show up and that thought this was important enough to educate you about where they stand on the issues. Uh, they are Nick DiZaglio, Francisco Cirillo, and 
Jaina Zani Pesci. Now, my debates are real debates. They're not forums like everybody else calls a debate, like uh, the local cable access channels do. I'm going to throw out a topic. I want you guys to talk to each other. I want people to see the dynamic of how you guys talk to each other, how you agree, how you disagree. Uh, and to, to me, it's really more on how you answer the question than what your answers are. Uh, obviously, everybody watching at home, or if they're listening on Google Play or iHeartRadio or iTunes, will be able to make their own decisions uh, as to what they give weight to and what they don't. So let's – sorry about that. So let's start with um, – let me give each of you – a few minutes. There's no time limit, by the way. So if I, the only time I'm going to jump in is if I think somebody is hogging all the time and not letting someone else in. So I'm going to give you guys a chance to talk to each other, talk about the issues. Before we do that, um, take a few minutes. I'm not going to time it um, to tell people why they should vote for you. And when the debate is over, I'm going to cut clips of each of you doing that and allowing you to share that on your social media pages to promote your campaigns. Uh, we'll start with uh, our incumbent, uh, Nick DiZaglio. Oh, thank you, Tom. And um, thank you for holding this uh, event. Um, you know, being a city councilor for the last four years has brought, um, you know, a great opportunity for me uh, as a growing in my field. By the way, the camera's up there. Oh, I'm, uh, that's right. That's the okay. camera's over there. Sorry. I'm talking to you. I think right. that, that we're on camera. Um, you know, I, I'm very proud of my voting record. I'm very proud of the work we've done as a council in this administration. Uh, we've done a lot of great uh, improvements to our infrastructure. We started um, an amazing trend of helping our senior citizens with the uh, senior assistant plans for not just just housing or heating, but also for all utilities and, and uh, perks around the city that they've been able to tie into. Our veterans, we've been very helpful uh, to our veteran population with tax incentives. Uh, mental health awareness. We're pushing for mental health programs in the city. Uh, our fire department, police department have been uh, extremely um, redeveloped and reorged uh, to be uh, self-sufficient. And uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't be prouder of how our um, city has moved forward from its deficit. Uh, we've been very fiscally responsible across the districts. Um, and, you know, from a, a, a homeowner and a family, um, you know, I have a young daughter. I think about our schools. I think about the work that we need to continue to do in the city. Uh, I think with my reelection, I bring forth a, a good plan on um, urban development, uh, park uh, revitalization. We need to do a lot of work in our parks, continued infrastructure on sidewalks and roads to make sure our public service um you know, fire, DPW, police can get to those uh, calls when they need to. And I also think about our tax value. Our taxes have stayed down where our property values have gone up. So that's where you see the difference. I think the, and again, Tom, you have uh, the McLennan family on a lot and they say the same thing. The market is starting to slow down. And so I do see, you know, housing values starting to slip <coughs> a little bit potentially where you'll start seeing some of that savings again. But I, you know, ultimately, uh, I think Methuen's in the right track. It's in the right moment. And um, I think uh, I continue to be a voice for Methuen. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, you can get uh, in touch with me on multiple ways. Um, uh, Desoglio for Methuen.com 
or uh, email me at ngdezoglio at gmail.com or 978-476-5408. All right, let's go with um, school committee member Jane Zani Pesci, although she says it Pesci, I still think you say it wrong. I, well, listen, the correct <laughs> Italian pronunciation, we speak dialect at home. Okay. So pesce means fish, a little education to people, right? Yeah. You probably see it on menus, um, but in dialect you say pesce. So it's it's more authentic for our family, but the correct Italian pronunciation would be Jena Zanni Pesce. Would see. actually be the proper. So I'm half right. Everything. Anyway. Listen, call me anything. Don't call me late for dinner. All right, Joe. As long Pesci. as you're so, cooking, that's what's really Joe most Pesci important. says it wrong though. Right? So he's a school well, of no. He is a school of fish. He has an eye at the end. Oh. Listen, you had your you had your five minutes. <laughs> Jena so, Zanni Pesce. Listen, what he are says Desoglio. It's Desoglio, if you want to say it Oh, right. don't say oh. that. Now, now my editors See, are going to be... You wanted a debate. Yeah, here we go. So I am not new to the Paying Attention podcast. Um, I'm Jane Azani Pesh. I am running for counselor um, at large in Methuen. I have sat uh, for almost six years on the school committee. I think I've been a really strong voice. I welcome anybody to watch the meetings. I know they can get... Um, Lost sometimes, they can seem a little little boring when you don't have a, a direct vested interest in what's going on in the meetings, but it's so important. I don't care if you have kids in the school. If you are a taxpayer in Methuen, our school budget is a large portion of your taxes. It is so imperative that you stay in tune with what's happening in, um, on the school side. I think I've done a really good job um, making sure that our money is spent well, that our students are taken care of, that um, you know everything is, is where it needs to be and, and progressing well on the school side. Um, on a personal note, I have lived in Methuen my entire life. I grew up on the West End. I currently live on the East. And when it came time to consider running for another position, I did kind of weigh out whether or not, uh, not I wanted to do East versus at large. Like Tom said earlier, large obviously encapsulates the entire city. Um, I do have ties all over the city, being a lifelong resident, and I felt strongly about encompassing that entire resident population, which is why I am here. Um, people who know me know how involved I've been in the city. I help any chance I get. Uh, I, I sometimes do it quietly in the back burner. Anybody who calls me, I think anybody you ask, I am always there to, to, to help however I can. And being a lifelong resident, I, uh, I really feel like Methuen is in a pivotal state, and I've said it a few times. I think we're making progress, but we need to do better. And I think a big change is coming. And I want to be part of that change. One of my biggest attributes, uh, being an attorney especially, is the ability to um, argue, for lack of a better word, the ability to disagree without being disagreeable, and the ability to bring people together for a meeting of the minds. And I think that's really important. Uh, when you sit on the council, you know, you hear things, you hear difference of opinions. Um, to be fair, this council is actually in in agreement a lot of the time, uh, which might make it good in some aspects, but I always think variety is good and different opinions are always good because how do you see what really is truly the best decision if you're not getting the other side of the argument? Um, so, you know, diverse opinions are always good. I welcome it, but you need people with that sense of professionalism to be able to argue those points from a professional standpoint and still come back around and be have the open-mindedness to um, do what's right in the end after weighing out all uh, all sides. So, Jaina Zani Pesh A. Um, okay, that was people, just horrible. <laughs> tell people how they can get in touch with you. 
Um, <laughs> they want to help the campaign. Or yeah. So PeshForProgress.com is my website. And it's P-E-S- P-E-S-C-E. C-E. Four spelled out, F-O-R, Progress.com. Um, if you Google Zani and Pesh Law Office, they can contact me that way. Okay. If you put my name into, into you know, the internet, whatever, I'm all over because of school committee. Um, so yeah, that internet machine, the internet machine, put it in the, listen, I missed it by like five years. (laughs) Like it just was a little bit too old to really get into that. They were just bringing in the computers, but, uh, Uh, both of you took a really long time to do a, like a very brief introduction, but we're going to give Francisco Cirillo, you are chairman of the great Alliance tax school committee, uh, an opportunity to just introduce yourself. And then we're going to get into some really heavy topics. Thank you, Tom. Um, and I will, and I'll try to be brief. Well, they already uh, took some time, so take your time. Uh, <laughs> thank you. My name is Francisco Cirillo. I'll keep him in his lane. Um, I'm currently the chairman of the um, Thorn Housing Authority, former chairman of the Greater Lawrence Tech, and first person from Methuen to do that in over 30 years. My record has been outstanding. Within, as the chairman, I brought, I increased the numbers of students from GLTS from Methuen. Can you just pull your mic up just a little bit so people can hear you better? There you go. Increase the number of, of students from Methuen. I've worked on different programs as well as um, redoing the reopening plan for the, for the school. One of the biggest things after COVID, and which is something that we were ahead of all the other communities when it came to reopening. So we already had our students back during that time. Um, currently working on the urban redevelopment plan for a different city, which I'm going to bring that experience as a city councilor to the city of Methuen, as well as hopefully we're going to start looking at revitalizing the downtown area because we start, Methuen starts, needs an attraction. We have a different state next to us that is taking more all, all our people, as well as trying to put more into infrastructure for, for parks and recreations for our young people. And look at housing development to make sure that we're keeping our, our young professionals in the city of Methuen instead of them going elsewhere. So Tell I'm people how they can get in touch with you. Francisco um, Cirillo, um, uh, Methuen City Councilor at Large, and Facebook. And it's Frank. S-U-R. By the way, your, your name is the hardest name to spell because it can be spelled a hundred different ways. It's S-U-R-I-L-L-O. Correct. Well, okay. it would be Sorillo, right? Sorillo. Thank you. See if we're going to Everybody tries not to be American. I love that. You know what show but you're on? But it's Sorillo. You started it. <laughs> well, you, yeah, yeah. Tom Duggan. <laughs> um, 978-902-7137. Cirillo at gmail.com. All right. Excellent. So let's just dive right into it. Neil Perry's running for his third term. Um, he has not really been all that controversial, although during COVID there were some controversies, obviously. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the mayor and how will you work with him? I, what I really want is what do you agree with him on? What do you disagree with him on? How will you work with him? And anybody that wants to jump in, I want you guys to talk to each other. So you're not I necessarily mean, talking to me and I'm going to stay out of it. I, I mean, you guys early on, chat. the mayor and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And I think that was just because... This is Nick DiZaglio for those who are listening at home. You know, the, these were just, you know, I think differences of opinions. And that's the thing about this uh, council and this mayor and administration is we have, we do have differences of opinions. And we've had many a debates where... I've even voted present or voted no, and I'm the only one sitting there on the no side, you know. And and a big thing recently was, uh, you know, um, a few of the contracts that came up. One was an IT contract that was bringing WebEx to the city. 
we have Zoom, we have uh, Teams. Why do we need WebEx? You know, and just so everyone knows, this is video conferencing and things like that. The city voted eight to one on that. I was a no. I went to the mayor and I said, so you mean city council voted? Yes, correct. And so, you know, working with the mayor, I can openly have that conversation with him saying, you know, I disagree with this contract. And he will say, you know, I get you. And, you know, he has his way of delivering it. But I have always looked at any relationship with not just the mayor, but any other politician or or even, uh, you know, someone uh, that is going to bring something forth to the council. It could be a resident. It could be a department head with respect of the job because that is the job. Mm-hmm. There is no personal um, vendettas or anything like that but behind it for me. It's always been business is at that table. And when I walk away from that table, yeah, I might be a little ticked off about it, but at the end of the day, it was business. Right. And it's the business for the city and everyone here in this community, I think even for Frank and for Jaina that's coming into this, is doing it for the community. Their opinion is for the community. And the only way we can get any feedback from that is from the community. So right. if you want me to fight for you to go to the mayor and, and argue a point, I got to hear those facts too. But if not, I'm going to create my own opinion, go to the mayor, go to the council, and continue to do what I've been doing for the last four years, which is speaking on behalf of you of what's right for the taxpayer. And and I'll add on. Whoever I, wants to jump in. I know you want like this to be like, you know, clawing. No, today, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree. And I've had the chance, obviously, to work with um, Mayor Neil Perry on the, the school board. The mayor sits as the chair of the school committee. So, um, you know, he was there navigating through COVID. Um, is he a good mayor? I don't think Nick answered that either. But is he is he a good mayor? Do you yes. think he's a good I'll mayor? I'll answer it. Okay. Yes, I do. So I, 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 yes, I, I think he is. And I'll tell you one thing I like about the current mayor. And I I keep going back to this, but his professionalism. And I think Nick hit it on the head when he said, you know, there are times on the school board where I've disagreed with the mayor, but he never comes at you at, uh, like, really argumentative, right? Sometimes I feel, you know, maybe you know, uh, like any other person, he might dig his heels in, but he's always open to listen. I think that's really important when you're talking about a CEO of a company, which essentially that's what the mayor is. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, I know I keep coming back to it, but, um, you know, how am I going to work with him? I'm going to work with him the same way I work with anybody. I've worked with Nick on the school committee in the past. I've worked with the mayor on the school committee. Um, even, even Frank, we, we did the, um, after our, the Greater Lawrence Tech, um, after after dark program, program. you know, we had a chance kind of to work indirectly together. But as long as you bring that degree, like, like Nick said, a degree of respect and an open-mindedness, you, you can, you can, you know, work with anybody and work to find a solution. Frank, are you going to let them get away with all this kumbaya stuff? (laughs) I mean, I'm the only one out of the three of us that has not worked with the mayor on, on a board. Um, so but in, in all reality, yeah, we, we, we all have to work together at some point. And no matter what it is, difference of opinions, I do my own research regardless of who brings what to me um, at the table. So I want to make sure that when I'm making my decisions based on the facts that's in front of me, whether it's the mayor, whether it's a, a constituent, I want to make sure that I'm going to be arguing for the best that's going to happen for the city of it. Do you think the mayor's doing a good job? I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the meetings. I've seen some of the meetings. I mean, one of the biggest things I disagree with in, in, is that the mayor should not sit on, on the board. 
As chairman of the school committee, you mean? No, no. Uh, as sitting as part of the city council, I've seen that. So I actually times. agree with that. Okay. I don't, I don't think that. Nick, what do you think of that? I don't, because know. It, I don't know many cities that don't have a mayor at the meeting these days. Well, not, not, at the well, meeting is different than sitting as a chair. Correct. If you're well, talking about sitting, the school well, committee. Well, sitting at the council. Sitting with the council. Sitting, sitting with the council. council. So there's, yeah. Oh, I think they should. I mean, you need a liaison. You, you need, need, need a liaison, liaison but no, not sitting at the council. Not sitting there. But he doesn't have a vote. He don't has a vote. He doesn't have a vote, but it brings the misconception that he's any mayor, Not just. and I'm not going to say Perry, but any mayor sitting there with the council makes a perception that he has more control of the council than anything. I think, I if think you, I agree with that. Yeah, but if you follow Methuen matters, politics, if you follow Methuen politics, you would disagree with that statement completely. I don't think any mayor has ever shown complete control over No, I think it's council. the other way around. I think there's around. a lot of fighting. I the, feel like there's a lot the of council. council going back <laughs> to the that, mayor. For that point, yeah, we I go agree. back to the town manager position. Different topic. I disagree with Which I disagree with. Well, that's a good question. So do you think that Methuen maybe should go back to, given some of the problems that Methuen has had with this form of government, do you think we should go back to the town manager form of government? No? I, I, I think I, I'll answer I that one first. I don't. No, I, I doubt. I disagree with that. Yeah? Because with all the challenges this council or this administration has had, they've led the, the city through $4 million of um, of a deficit from the school department. They led th- And be careful how you say that, though. But, Okay. Go ahead. You mean the four million missing dollars? I'll say it the way he's not saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine, but okay. but no, it's not just I mean, a deficit in the schools. It was it was very deliberately I, I, traced. So I, I'm being nice when it comes to that because <laughs> as as a school committee member, you know, we always have to make sure that um, this is not the show to be nice on. By yeah, the way. Tom doesn't want you to be nice. It's yeah. fine. Nice is not no. what gets you here. Because I actually like these two people. Um, well, that doesn't change. That doesn't change anything. But at the end of the day. It, We've had struggles in the city. This administration, this council has led through some of the toughest issues, especially with COVID, um, to move the city forward. But we could always do better. So all of you have sat on a school committee right now. um, Jane is on the Methuen School Committee. Nick used to be on the Methuen School Committee. And Francisco uh, is on the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee. I get complaints in my office at least five to ten a week from parents in the community, whether it's Methuen, Lawrence, North Andover, or the Vogue, about all this diversity, equity, inclusion baloney, teaching kids about transgenderism. I know it's not really much of a thing for the city council, but the city council does have to approve the school budget. So I'm going to ask you, especially considering all of you have been on or are on a school committee, uh, is it the role, should it be the role of government or or government schools (laughs) to be talking about sex with kids under the age of maybe high school? With all of this transgender bathrooms and all this other stuff and teaching kids that they can be gender fluid. Is that something schools should be so, doing? Uh, since I'm currently on the school committee, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, that's a really difficult topic, number one. Well, that's why I brought no, it up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. But it, what I'm saying is not as a difficult topic to talk about. It's a difficult idea to unroll, right? I feel personally that as a society generally, we've been kind of thrown all of this really, really fast. So everyone's trying to, you know, modify everything really quickly. And I don't think we're doing the best job. So I think when you ask that question, and this is totally personal for me, and um, socially, I am extremely liberal. I believe you do you, I do me. I don't have a problem with anybody. But when you talk about, it, you, you kind of lumped together a whole bunch of different things right. there. But when you talk about certain things, I think you need to break it up. Like like kids, you know, under 10. High schoolers can handle a lot more. But not talking about these things with our students is 
really ill-preparing them because that's not real life. But is that the job right? of government, I guess, is my question. is Isn't that the job of the parents? Because to the prepare? schools might be talking about gender issues that the parents don't necessarily agree with even for religious reasons. But it should be like anything else, right? They should be made aware of it without being taught how to think about it. My idea about school is you're being exposed to something. If you're teaching students and children correctly, they can then form their own opinions, right? But they need mm-hmm. to be exposed to everything. So not putting it in the schools, I think, is a bit of a disadvantage. But I think force-feeding it and kind of pushing it into every orifice of everything right now might have a negative effect as to what we're trying to I accomplish. I want to back on, on that as well as making sure that the parents are aware that, That's a that big this deal. is happening because yep. the parents also have a, a say in their kids' education. Yeah. So the parents should be aware of what the, the students are being taught and have the ability to, to opt out okay. if, they, if they want to. Uh, but yeah, it has the education has to start somewhere. But, but force feeding everything to, not to allow the kids to formulate their own opinion, or the parents allowed to have the decision whether they want their kids to learn this, is definitely something that we shouldn't be doing. But let me just clarify. Sorry, Nick, and I'll give you a chance. Um, I do not think it should be part of necessarily like curriculum. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think we have larger issues in our schools right now. See, if you this saw is where I was going. Yeah. I didn't want to harp on it. Well, let's ask Mr. Yeah. HR over yeah. so <laughs> here. No, no, well, MCAS. So, you know, I think there are an array of issues mm-hmm. in, in, in not just our school district, in a lot of school districts yep. across the Commonwealth right now. And I think that's because our our state hasn't really taken a stance on proper education curriculum. I mean, how many times are we going to change a rating program over the last five years? How many times are we going to tell students, this is how you do math, and then the next year it's a different program? Right. My wife's a teacher. She's done like three different programs in the last four years, and I know Methuen's done several different programs in the last few years, and it's just rewriting this course. We need an audit of the school department. And I think, it, it, and that's something that has been on the agenda to discuss right after this new council comes in. Um, I'm pretty sure that the mayor is. You're talking on, about a financial audit or like no, a management audit? Management and curriculum yeah, audit. So that, full over. that bothers me a little, though, oh, only really? because. Okay, not I'm the, with Nick on this no, one. No, no, so no. Not the audit. I don't disagree with the audit. I disagree with the fact that the council kind of usurped the duties of the school, school committee, committee and required and, like, kind of forced us. Yeah, but if you guys aren't doing it, so why let's not just say this. Let them have, they we, have oversight. But so remember, a hundred over a hundred million dollars now is our school budget. We bought it's a, a lot of money. We bought a building. Huge. We bought a building, which is fine. I, I, it's necessary. I think we could have spent the money in a different way or got grant funding for another option. But we spent ten million, added a bunch of positions to this building. Yes, we got some space, but yet we're still overcrowding. So what? What are we going to do? What, redistrict? We don't want to say that word. What are you going to do? You have to build a building somewhere. Right. You got you to gotta build something. And it's not even so much the kids that we lost that are coming back. It's, it's students coming in with IEPs or, or some sort of you know, special needs that needs to be taken care of. You know, th- these numbers of language barriers are all raised in our city. And we're not pivoting correctly in that direction. We're, we're rushing towards it. And I think the school committee has done a great job over the last few years on trying to handle it. But I think our administration overall, and I've been a huge advocate for schools and no one here can deny that. I just think we're paying attention in the wrong direction the last year or two. Francisco, what do you think of all this? 
We have to build more schools. And, and Nick is right because we are getting overcrowded in our schools. But looking at how we do it, and the audit should stay with the school committee, not the city council. Um, because that's where the separation of power comes in. And we got to remember the school, we have an elected school committee that has to deal with this. <clears throat> now, if they're not doing their job, case in point, Lawrence went under. Voters. It's up to the voters. I mean, two years, we vote them out and get them out, just like any elected official in the, in the city or any elected office. But it should stay, the audit should happen. That's for sure. I don't want to cut you off, but you can't get five people to run for the school committee. All due respect. So well, we're. I mean, listen. I mean, I'll just I'll just throw it out. I mean, I don't know if it's part of it. Like, obviously, I'm still running, but you guys. I mean, I thought it was insulting when we raised the salaries, and and the school committee makes pittens. Just so we know. And I love when people come to the meetings. I mean, it really... School committee shouldn't make anything. It should be a volunteer job. You can't get people to run now, Tom. You could make it the $80 million. Dollars that you, could, you could pay them $80 million each and you're not going to get people to run. I it's, disagree it's not the salary. with you. I, I think Lawrence, I mean, Methuen School Committee gets paid. Greater Lawrence District Committee members from Methuen do not get paid. Right. So when we want to talk about raising elected officials... Um, Stipends or, or jumping salaries. topics here. Now yeah, we're, we're, we're talking. I mean, we're talking about right. free flow. I mean, if we want to compare Methuen to Lawrence, look at. Well, right. I'm not talking about yeah, Lawrence. No, I'm no, talking no, about no, the no, district committee. Or, you know. District committee from Methuen. Yeah. Me, Tom Hatem, um, and anybody that runs from Methuen. Does Lawrence? Does anyone? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Does Do the Lawrence, Lawrence members pay? get paid? They don't get paid. Yeah, even the school committee in Lawrence doesn't get paid. I know. Well, they're under oversight. No. There's, yeah, it's not even way, way before way before oversight. oversight that I never got paid, paid when I was on the school committee. I don't think so, anybody should get paid, but I'm not running. But it's, it's where people. I don't cut look their at it being paid, and I don't look at it as a salary. I look at it as a stipend. I, you know, I take that money and I put it right back. It's not like it's paying my bills. Yeah, it's right. a lot of time. I, I, the amount of the, the scholarships I donate, the programs I donate to you, you get a check from me. Yep. I, you know, I put all that money back into the students. And 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 in the in the city. Good, Francisco. They cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. But at the end of the day, I mean, we, the school definitely needs an audit um, financially as well as everything else. When it, when in, when we're looking at that, um, where the school committee and, and we can't get five people to, to run for the school <laughs> committee, then guess what? We have to go out there and really advocate for this. Or we or we we look at, at making sure some of those seats are appointed. Well, and part of the problem with getting people to run is city politics itself. It's it's thankless. right into my next question. City yeah. politics it becomes. A, a I'm like issue. the poster child for that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's embarrassing sometimes the political agendas of we some get, of the people we, we, in official capacity. Even we interviewed we interviewed about 15 people who had said that they were thinking of running six months ago, who ended up not running, and asked them. Why did you decide not to run? Because I pushed very hard to try and get any candidate that I could into the race. And the answer that we got most often, the, 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 the highest response that we got on that question was that local politics is too dirty and the people who run the inside are too powerful. And the average person doesn't think they can change anything <laughs> because they think that if they get in, they're just going to get overwhelmed by the insiders. That's sad, though. That That's is. Sad. And so it's how do you guys case. as candidates and if you get elected as elected officials, how do you change that perception? By being, by being accessible. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, right? And I, I've always said that in any campaign I've ever run. Accessibility is huge. Because we can think we're doing what's best for whatever capacity we're serving in. But at the end of the day, we're one person, right? You asked how the mayor's doing. Right. The mayor's doing the best he thinks he's doing. Nick's doing the best he thinks he's doing. Francisco's doing the best he thinks he's doing. But we're only 
one thought, one person. One vote. And yeah, we have to make ourselves open-minded to everybody else. Do you think transparency is going to give people more... more I love when Ill- people say transparency. It's like a buzzword. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what transparency? Yeah. What transparency? Listen, there are certain things... Well, right that- now, there's no transparency. Well, I disagree. Yeah, right. I mean, listen, we, we televise everything now. Mm-hmm. Zoom has made it really, really accessible, accessible for people to watch the meetings. You know how many people watch the school committee meetings? They have these hot topics, and I don't mean, I mean, you know, to keep going back to the school committee, but you know even when you were on it, and the council is similar. How many people are in the audience when there's no hot topic, right? right? Then there's a hot topic. Everyone's there. And then everyone's gone again. We need people to be involved. This affects them. But how? the question is how. Frank, how do you get people to give a damn about their – I mean, after everything that's going on in the schools, you've got – you don't have enough candidates to run. You've got sticker candidates running. And and, and you have – in the West End, the two people who – because you guys cancel primaries, which is my next question – uh, because you guys don't hold <laughs> don't primaries. You guys. Who's you guys? You. It's council. You. <laughs> don't point to me, guys. Don't point to me. It's the don't council. point to we guys. You have two Us kids. who didn't council anything. Um, and, and, and I understand. And, and I agree with. First of all, I agree with you, Tom. The primary should have happened. Um, that's how candidates also know where they stand. Right. In the community and where they need to, to actually put more work in. Or to get people that if, if it's if a district or a. a Oh, the school committee doesn't have any candidates, then we have people that come out right. and as, run write-ins. Stickers, as write-ins. Most people think that the purpose of a primary is to eliminate candidates. Um, in, in Methuen, you guys don't hold primaries unless there's like a whole bunch of people. But the other purpose of holding a primary is if you've got a race, like you just said, uh, in the West End, you've got two people running for two jobs. If there was a primary in that race anyway – even though there's only two, you might have had three or four people step forward with a writing campaign, and the voters would have had four people to choose from on the November ballot. Just like um, city um, school committee day, we have a couple of people writing in now, but if they would have done it in the primaries, then they would have been on the ballot. Right. Same and way. everybody would be on the equal footing, which is why I call it the yeah. Incumbent Protection Act. Write-ins aren't as easy as people. Well, they're I, not easy. I, I, I got on the long school committee on, on a write-in yeah. because there were three incumbents who pulled papers, but they didn't turn them. Well, one of them didn't turn them back in. You had two people on the ballot for three three spots. Myself and a girl named Jennifer Lopez both ran on write-ins in the primary, which meant both of our names went on the final ballot. Right. So what I hear from incumbents like Nick when we have this conversation, I hear, well, they could run on write-ins in the final. But you can win That's with hard. like three votes in the final. Did if, I say this? If, I don't know. <laughs> you said sometime. I went back and I watched our last debate when you clip. ran two years ago. Yes. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, you, you promised, by the way, when you were here two years ago, uh, that you would uh, consider at least singing. I don't think. I don't think uh, singing. You I don't sing. Think, I don't think you made a full commitment, but you always committed to consider um, changing the charter so that you have primaries no matter what, like all the other real communities oh, I, do. So I'm not sure. So I, we've been pushing to get a charter change, and that is something that has been on the agenda for uh, a few months now. Um, and I think that is something that I, I, and a few of the uh, other incumbents, if they join as well, and, and the new council will really push for a charter committee uh, in the next round because we we really do need to do it. We've had a lot of topics that come up, in the but last that's all very vague. I want to know if you are going to be pushing, pushing the primary I for mean, a primary that, because primaries I mean, allow I, people to run on write-ins, not just eliminate people. I don't have an opinion of it. I think it's a it's if the city was calling for it. I mean, is if it's in the charter. Or if it's a Secretary of State thing, I'm. What's in the charter? I need, you know, again, I'm fine with a primary. It doesn't bother me. I more the merrier. But it does cost cities a lot of money, and at this point, we didn't have a necessary need to have one. 
I would disagree. I Anybody disagree else because, disagree? I disagree because we do have two contested races. Um, and as well, oh, yeah, it gives... Four. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Contested? Three. three? Yeah, good. It's ours, East, and Central. Yeah, Central's got... So we have... East, Central, three. and Mayor. Mayor. And Mayor. So it's right. four. Well, four. technically, those who are going to go would have gone to the finals anyway because there's only them two. But if we had a primary... But there could have been more. There could have right. been more. Right. Um, no, no, it couldn't no. have been. You oh, yeah, you always knock down two for mayor. That's you right. Down two. Sorry. Uh, but there could have been, there definitely could have been opportunities for everybody. <laughs> yeah, else and in the West, you could have had four referees. candidates instead of two. And in the school um, committee, you could have had 10 candidates. And not to cut you off, Tom, but it, and, and I will agree with you, um, Nick, that it does cost money. But at the end of the day, does do we save that money because we don't have the primary, or do we use that money wisely and get more people to run because now? We open up the field for people to come out and run. I mean, again, I agree. More people to run is is a great thing, you know, for a community. You and I and, and Janet all went around and got 150 signatures. So, I mean, we put some work into this, too. So, we I'm did. just saying. But not for anything. When When is it? What is the date for pulling papers? And what is the date for turning them in? It's a, it's a it's fair amount months. of time. It's a two-month gap. Yeah, it's but, a fair but, amount but of what time. What is the date? What, what, what it's month is It's usually in May. May Maybe 7th. the end of. No, wasn't it the end of May? And then you hand it in. In July. Yeah. In, in July. End of, yeah, May yeah, 23rd like and yeah. July 23rd or something like that. I mean, it's a good August amount of eight. time. Yeah. What I don't agree with, but is that's so far away from the election. Nobody's thinking about elections. In Lawrence, you could turn them in. It goes right to it goes the right last to, ten years so of elections. August, August yeah, to September. You, but, uh, the but, last ten years that I've been running, I know May's coming around, and I'm looking for it. Yeah. So anyone, that's yeah, but you're a political junkie. The average no, person's I'm, not I'm a, a political I don't junkie. Think I'm political junkie. But, in, but I mean, but in, 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 in Lawrence, they pull in in April, and they go all the way to July. So you have that opportunity to really. Start Didn't it used to be September for or the end of August for Lawrence? First part of August. Oh, see, we have an expert in the audience. August. Thank you, Rich. But then you put in April and you you put in the work. But also, and what I disagree with is the fact that when you're getting elected, you're getting the votes, the majority of votes. It doesn't matter from which district. I was just going to say the exact same thing. So the fact that we're going... You have to get 50 from here, 50 from, from over here, 50 from over here. Same with the school committee, too. Same thing with the school committee. Same thing both school committees. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um... That, that's it, what I disagree with. Yeah, so you're that's something getting 150 you, from wherever. No, no, no matter wide, where. Yeah. Citywide. That's what I agree. That's, I think that's I say, I, do you I understand think I what we're talking yes. about right now? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know, know what people at home do. No. So you're so, saying when you, when you go to get signatures to get large. on the ballot, when, you only need for, only for, for citywide positions. Citywide, you've got to get certain signatures from each district. So 50, 50 from the east, 50 from the west. Instead of just going to your neighborhood and getting 150 votes. Except in one place. You could be elected. You could be elected solely from your neighborhood. Right, sure. If but, they right, if they show right. up, so if I mean, I I believe that anyone should get on the ballot. You want to run, get it on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, I, it does show a little bit of commitment at least to do this. But I mean, it's it's insane some of the times. And but I've and, seen some really good writing candidates right now doing some really good campaigns. Right, now. I I agree with they're so. more aggressive they're, with they're the more campaigns aggressive because the they're campaigns. writing. You know, I, I and I mean. There's some really good campaigns out there. I'm not going to stint for anyone, but actually, the only one running for Great Alliance, Bradley Jones, is doing a great job. He is doing a great job. Yeah. Haitian will do a great his job. His daughter's yeah, running been everywhere. She yeah. has a great job. They're doing a great job. But I mean, he's got his name out. He's got his name out. And he so, has a tie with the school. So Big tie. What do you guys think about the tax rate in Methuen? Because I think the one thing that does get people's <laughs> attention is how much they're going to pay in taxes, whether it's business or residence. Um, are, are they paying too much for what they're getting? Are they paying not enough for what they're getting? And whoever wants it, I'd love to hear the realtor's opinion on this. 
Am I the oh. realtor? Oh. I'll, listen, I'll speak as an attorney. I'll speak as an, an as attorney a real broker. Attorney. Real as, a, attorney. as a real estate attorney and as an attorney broker yeah. who holds our license. And as I think probably one of the highest taxpayers in Methuen. Oh, okay. Um, no, really, really, right? So I saw what your house, house is with. She's not no, 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 not my house. I have a small business, Tom. So She's I'm paying owner, commercial right? and I'm paying residential, right? You're paying a hell of a lot in residential. I'm paying a hell of a lot everywhere. Yeah. I don't think it's funny. I think that people complain about taxes. This is like the age old complaint, right? Everyone, people who are going to complain about taxes are going to complain about taxes. We're pretty comparable with like, I, I like to compare us to North Andover, right? We're pretty comparable right now. Um, the problem with Methuen is obviously some of the neighboring uh, more wealthy cities or towns have higher assessed values for houses, so they get more tax revenue, even though the amount might be dollar for dollar the same. Mm-hmm. My concern is more, what are we getting for it? And you alluded that to that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We need to think long term. I know they have the master plan that mm-hmm. they're, they're working on, um, but I think we need to think you know, larger in term of in terms of long term. I know I was asked certain questions in this run about you know uh, tax exemptions for let's say fifty five and over developments. Who doesn't want a tax exemption? Right. Of course we do. But let's let's call facts facts. There is no way that the council is going to approve a tax exemption for communities that were sold to this this city as being pure tax revenue, no burden on the city, until we get our budget completely in control and have a surplus, right? Then we, so, so that's my question. So, How is, do so we budget? we're spending too much? Is that the problem? You know, we're I- We're spending too much? I don't know if we're spending too much, Tom. I, I want to get in there. I want to see where exactly we're spending, right. right? I want to see what we can do to spend better. I mean, the cost of living is going up. We go to the supermarket. Everybody sees how much everything costs. Right. Everything's out of whack. <laughs> Now, salaries are out of whack. Things that were all in line. I mean, you have, uh, you know, people working entry-level positions. My son was making $14.50 an hour at Canopy Lake. I worked for $4.25. I'm like, sign me up, right? right? So it's distorting our whole view on everything right now. But I think, again, we need to look at that, and we need to look at the long, long long-term view. How are we going to make our tax dollars work for us? Because once we do that, and once we spend well, then we can look at other things to alleviate some of the burdens on our senior citizens, right? On or maybe people who don't get full services in Methuen. But right now, we're we're not there. Gentlemen, you're going to let her get away with all that? No, I think what she said is not too far off. I think Methuen has done a great job, though, with its budget and its means. We've been in the black um, four years in a row. We've been able to spend and, and pay off debts, and our bond rating is as high as ever. Is that because of COVID money, or is that because of good management? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Because and oversight. And, and, well, and oversight, but, but I think the CAFO position is a great position, too, to keep. Um, you know, I, I think I've had my interactions with the state when it came to when we were being, you know, part of that oversight. But really, Croton didn't do a lot. It was really Maggie, our CAFO, doing a lot of the work in, in, in decision-making here. And I think she's done a great job as a city uh, CAFO. I think the council has been very conservative year over year looking at budgets. I think the mayor has been conservative year over year. When departments ask for nine heads, they get two heads. I mean, it, it's been a conservative time frame. Now, COVID money and state money and grant money, whatever you want to say, packaging it together – 
Methuen has got a good deal of it to put towards true needs. And I think it was bound time for us to get a few extra dollars. Communities around us like Lawrence, Haverhill, mm-hmm. have gotten millions of dollars to increase their infrastructures, their downtowns, and their programs. And look at us. But that's a lot of going out and, and search for those grants that, that's that are That's fine. Out there. You're, you're absolutely so, right. So being aggressive I'm, getting those grants is, is what's, what gets those I'm communities. Not, but if we're I'm not defending Lawrence or Haverhill here. I know. I'm just saying. I just want to say, let me finish here before we start defending Lawrence and Haverhill. I'm not defending anybody. I'm just saying, I'm being, just saying we have to be more aggressive well, going, but the, going but that, after but, that. But a lot of this money is also coming from our delegation. So, uh, you know, our new delegation here too, which is, again, favoring one side over the other sometimes, I feel, really needs to come in and look at our problems in Methuen. But, but, yeah, Mental health and I, is and I, huge. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to agree and stop you there as well because you're right. A lot of it does come from the delegation. Mm-hmm. But the last time the delegation came before the city council, they got bombarded with something that had nothing to do with, with the needs of the city of Methuen. Which is the needs what, of Methuen? I'm so enjoying the west this. side so, of so, Methuen. The west side of Methuen right now. The state dropped. No, 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 let me let me stop no, you right no, there. No, 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 no you, because me, you you said something that's they, not they, incorrect. They were there to see what the, the needs are, what infrastructure money they should be bringing in, what money for schools and everything. They got bombarded about something completely different. So they walked away from the table. And you're right. We need to get them back on the table. The the, the state delegation is what's going to help us bring that money back. But we also have to respect them and their position, not to put them in a position that they don't need to be in. A position we- that's cost the city of Methuen hundreds of thousands of dollars. The state house has dropped people in Methuen in a, in a business a hostile environment that is not I wouldn't even I wouldn't even send my worst enemy to that location. I wouldn't put Can a home. Can we stop being purpose. vague because the people yeah. at home don't know what you're it talking, is the, it's he's a, talking totally about? It's a totally bigger days issue in, though. The days in. That's a, that's a whole separate and this, and, but issue. No, but then, well, what he's talking about is the the uh, we did we did a whole show on it. The 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 delegation, State Senator Pavel and State Representatives Polino and Reyes and Hamilton came before you guys and they wanted to talk about police funding and school funding and all you could talk about was why won't you sign our letter condemning Joe Solomon? Oh, that's a different and, that, and, that, that, and, and they all walked away and they all called me and said how horrified they were at the yeah. unprofessionalism of the council. And Pavel even said that night, he said, you know, we just left Lawrence and Haverhill and they wanted to ask us questions that were substantive, like taxes and schools and all you guys want to talk about is a letter. And at the end of that, even after he said that, nobody really had any questions about police or schools or taxes or bringing community businesses in. That's not true. Everyone's because using it, it as a claim to fame. No, that's not true. Because if you go back to that video, I brought up the hotel and I was told that I was being in, 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 insensitive. Yeah, that's our next topic too. You okay. were insensitive. I was. I, I was. I was. I like insensitive. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I get think points for that. Been uh, you know, Why I, were you insensitive? Because I was being called, uh, a, I actually think it was called a, a, a racist. racist yeah, I think you were too. You are okay because yeah. I don't want people staying in that hotel. That so you guys are open. talking about Which, two different issues here. Yeah. Well, he's talking about what happened after, but after. he's talking. Well, about oh, I'm Francisco's, talking about that council meeting that he right. brought up, and I'm thinking of the hotel. I'm not thinking right. about the Joe Solomon situation. Right. But I mean, it, 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 right? That that hotel should be shut down because it, of the, all the millions of violations. They have they a had. history. Right. Of issues there, a and yet the state but isn't that always going to happen? Listen, when you bring in a bunch of 
illegal aliens. Let's they're not it. illegal aliens. All right, all well, them. you can say that. But, if any. But the only reason they're not illegal aliens is because the president is making them legal residents. They're not migrants after all they of come them either. All right. Majority of those families homeless. are homeless families in our communities. Who are from Methuen? No, from Massachusetts. Well, this is the problem. So I guess this goes to my next Listen, question. Forget who they are, though. They're there. They're right? there. Right. We so have they're, to, so not as human beings, we have to take care of them. I'm looking at more as a larger issue. Right? Mm-hmm. Why are they there? Why was You're this about ho- homeless people? No, no. Anybody. I'm talking about anybody. That hotel should be shut down. Shut yes. Down. And why wasn't it even beforehand? These are and and I, I, literally I'm deplorable by conditions. This. No, really. No. So I've had on the school side, and I think even when you were on it. There have been issues with that hotel as as long as I can remember, and it's it's a shame that anybody in the city could take advantage of a situation and put us as a, as a city in the situation we're in now. The hotel Which is, is what? What is the situation for people you, at home? The cost of, of funding the situation we're in now, and I can only talk really about the school side. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers. It, it is fewer than we thought it was originally, but we have, you know, kids with, you know, uh, IEPs, kids who need you know, special transportation, kids who need, there's a huge cost associated with this. And guess what? As much as we're trying to get reimbursement But when you say this, you're still not explaining to people at home what this is. What is this? What is going on at this hotel? I say it's illegals, it's immigrants. You say it's not immigrants. You say it's homeless families. Well, I didn't say it wasn't immigrants. Next is it's it's homeless families. So it's just- I say, no, let me rephrase. This hotel is being used as a homeless shelter. You can't go there tomorrow to get a room if you wanted to stay there. It is being used as a full shelter by the state of Massachusetts. The state across the Commonwealth is dropping families off at hotels at these hotels that are on a state bid list. And none of them are illegal aliens, you're telling me. No, I I said they're not all migrants. I actually feel bad for the people staying in that hotel. Well, I mean, they they also come in, and there's not the resource dollars that come with it. When you, and, and I'm going to talk about the school side because there are dollars associated <laughs> with a student that goes into schools. Um, so, so if you we're bringing people in, and we're not bringing the extra money resources that's going to go with the kids to help to help these families, then we're not doing anything. And if right. we're putting them in, in the days in, and I would say. It is it's a crime because that place should have been shut down decades ago. I'm stunned to hear you guys say you want to shut down a business, though. I'm not shutting down a business. business. I'm shutting down a a place that has hotel in a long time. It's not a business. It's being used as a shelter, and it's not zoned to be a shelter. But the people who own it are making money on a hotel that the state is paying them money. Yeah, they're taking advantage of a situation. Not putting money into housekeeping. Not putting money into food. Feel bad for the people staying there. The hotels aren't. The rooms aren't being cleaned. The kitchens have been condemned. The dining room was. Condemned. I want to say it's infested with bed bugs. Yeah, the children. I mean, the kids. Rooms, I mean, rooms have been shut down. Yeah. I mean, this is this is sad. Like it is sad. It is. And and you know what's even worse about this is I went in one day and I dropped off coloring books and crayons, and someone at the front desk goes, "Oh, it's about time someone from the city did something." And I said, <laughs> "Really? Because it's your boss that's allowing this to happen." Right. You know, I had a, Mike Saman had to walk me out of there. I I I am truly sickened and saddened by allowing that hotel to continue. And believe me, we are finding them daily now. And and, and at the next city council meeting, uh, win or lose, I am still going to be asking for the total cost that that hotel is continuously raising up a bill right now on <laughs> fines. It's a drain on our public safety. Um, schools. schools in our schools. 
It's sad when you have the youngest person in there, like two weeks old. It's just, it's not right. And by the way, that hotel back in the day was a gorgeous hotel. I stayed there about 10 years ago. It was a conference center. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice hotel. I I remember. It's a shame. I mean, at the end of the day, we we have to get the resources because people need to be helped. Uh, This place, if we're going to get the resources, then this place needs to be brought up to code. There's no way around it. We we have to start looking at the, at the shelters. There's a shelter issue everywhere in the, in the Commonwealth. Right now in the Commonwealth, there's over 200 million, 200,000 housing shortage. And I'm not even going to try to touch the number of, of how many shelters are out there. Because we talk about, we want to talk about this issue. Let's talk about this issue. We, we label things affordable. And guess what? It's not affordable. Nothing's affordable. Nothing's affordable. affordable. It's a a nice tagline to put onto things, affordable housing. But guess what? It's not affordable. It's never going to be affordable. And then we're losing our young people, professionals elsewhere. We're losing our elderly population that can't live in the place place they've had for years, raise their families in, and they have to go somewhere else. And they leave in Methuen because there's nothing in Methuen for them to really call home anymore. And that's both the young and the old. I just got back from um, Lewiston, Maine, where they're facing the same problem. Different than Methuen, Lawrence, or or our surrounding communities, but they also have the same problem where the housing stock is not there. So they're losing their young professionals as well. well And part of their problem is you've got all these Somalis that are being brought in by the federal government into Lewiston, Maine. That is putting a more of a strain on, I mean, with all the illegal aliens coming into the country en masse, millions of them at a time. And you guys can all smile because I know it's, I know it's, I'm just, it's you, Tom, it's it's fine. It's a tough topic, but listen, when we don't have room for the veterans that are sleeping on our streets. I agree with that. I agree. Right? I agree with that. American citizens sleeping on our streets because there isn't enough housing. And we're importing more people. Like, forget why or how, but we're importing more people. You know, I scratch my head, too, about, like, the city of Boston. It's Boston, I know. Boston. Mm -hmm. The Sheraton Hotel, that large Sheraton over at Prudential Tower, that hotel just went up for sale. Northeastern bought it. They're building dormitories in there that they're going to probably charge $15,000 a room for. Right. (laughs) More than that. How amazing would it be if that was a homeless shelter? How amazing would that have been to be a shelter in place where the state could have put people in that would have had 300 rooms, 400 rooms right there. Well, this brings me right into my next topic, Mr. Zaglio, because um, as a member of TMF, I'm wearing my TMF sweater today. That's the movement family. They're the people who feed the homeless in Lawrence every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And actually every day they're out there doing it. Um, we come across, I, w- I would say in my own personal calculation that at least a quarter of the people who are living in tents in Lawrence right now who come to TMF for dinners on Wednesday nights are from Methuen. And we ask them when they sign up, you know, if you want to just give your street name because you don't want to use your real name, that's fine. But can you sign up with your name and where you're from? And at least a quarter of them at least say they're from Methuen. And when we ask them, why are you here? It's because in Methuen, there's no place for them to go. You guys are going to be on the city council if you win. What will you do for Methuen residents that become homeless through maybe sometimes no fault of their own? What are you going to do to service your own homeless so that they're not being pushed into Lawrence and Lawrence is stuck with the burden of taking care of them. I think we got to look at the programs that we're providing before it gets there. So you want to look at it? No, no, not at all. Because look at what we're doing for we, we senior citizens right now. Our senior programs are right now. We're giving seniors assistance. We're giving veteran assistance. We don't have, if you're thinking there's going to be a homeless shelter built in downtown Methuen, I, I personally don't see how we can. 
I don't care where it is, but the ones should be taken care of. They're just think, like nothing over the end of it should take are. care of their Which own. is what irks me about the days in situation, by the way. Yeah, we could have put our days right. There. That's where yeah, I'm going. You know I mean? That's where I'm going. So, but if we had the right facilities, we do not have the right facilities in Methuen. So, what will you do to bring the right well, facility or get the right facility? We have a better facility. hotel situated, but I think. Ultimately, it's finding these people the right programs to get back on their feet, not to run away from it. Some of it isn't just, you know, finances. Some of it's also mental health. We need to help. So, a lot and of and I will agree with Francisco, you. you, you, so you, you straddle both communities, so you're kind of an expert on this. You've come to TMF. You work in Lawrence. Um, you work for Lawrence Mayor Brian DePena. You're in community development. And, but you're also a Methuen resident. So economic you, development. Better, I'm sorry, economic development. <laughs> Um, and I work along through all that or across the state. Right. So it's not just, I mainly focus on two communities uh, with Methuen being the first community. And, and shouldn't, shouldn't Methuen have some kind of we sh- we need homeless to create, center for their own people? We need to create a, a place where, where the, Lawrence is, is thinking about it. Methuen needs to start looking at it. And, and it needs to be created. But we also have to partner with the right agencies as well. Because we need to, pro- we just can't put a shelter we have to provide services as well. And, and, and it has to be a whole wraparound services around people because they, su- they suffer from mental health. They suffer from not being able to, um, from, from financial um, literacy. Mm-hmm. And biggest, big, one of the biggest problems, civic. Um, so getting these programs together into one location is not going to solve the <clears throat> issue, but it's going to start. But we also have to make sure that we're, case in point, making sure that we're doing the through residents. Right. First, before anything else. Right. Um, every other community has to start doing their own. And I believe one of the things um, you and I have talked about is how many people are being bussed down here from other communities. That's right. Uh, from Boston and everywhere else. Nobody's looking at, at, really looking at the key factors to start addressing this issue. There's a lot of professionals that are living in shelters because they can't afford the rents with their families or be able to buy homes. The cost of living is, is in astronomical. So we have to start looking at how we doing that. One of the things, and we talk about the urban redevelopment plan. One of the things, and I'm on the, I'm the chair of Methuen housing. I've had for over 24 years, public housing experience. We have to really look at how we make it affordable, affordable for our, for our people. And one of the thing is, and not to take anything, but stealing ideas from other communities. Lawrence has a fifty thousand dollar down payment assistance. Methuen could start doing that to help our young professionals and in. You mean sure for first time home buyers? For first time home buyers, um, that way we're helping them with at least the down payment to stay in the community. Lawrence does that directly for individuals because I got a yes. I got a first time home buyer. But well, you have to buy in the community. You can't I, just I a, use the down payment and go somewhere else. Yeah, I got a first time. So that's so that's something that we could the city of Methuen can do. Francisco, you bring up a good point. So what does what what can Methuen do, given the shortage of housing stock, given that more millions of people being pumped into the country and some of them making their way to Methuen, when we don't have enough room for the people who are here, what do we do? What do you do well, as it's, a city it's, councilor it's, to help improve the housing stock? It's smart. It's smart growth. So you, you have to look at where we, we're going to actually look at, at building housing. Meth- um, Methuen Public Housing right now, that's one of the next things on my agenda is we have to increase our housing stock. There's no way around that because we our list is astronomical like any other housing authority, but we don't have the capability to bring in our people to, off the list. What do you mean by moves. increase our housing stock? 
housing stock needs to increase. That's what's going like to increase. Build more, build more housing. But we have to be strategic at where we put in it. So here's we can't the, just we can't just say, oh, let's go do it on the east end or, or the west end. We have to make sure that we're doing it in places. Why not? We're doing it with car washes and storages. Why not housing? What's the big problem with the car washes? Yeah. I don't understand the controversy. This, no, I want to stay on this topic. Right, just being a no, guy. I mean. <laughs> I'm, act, I'm actually kind of interested. I in think what, at the end the of the day, housing needs to be done smart, correct, and strategically. Yeah, but what does that mean you to the average person? You can't just, so you can't so just put for me, a building a house. No, you can't. But for me, if I'm if in in one of the things is TDI, transit oriented developments, where where we're building around transit. Right now, the Loop area is right connected to 213. So anybody that lives in that area is not going to be a burden driving to work because they could take 213, hit 495. They could take 213, hit 93. Have you ever been on that in the morning? False. I have. False. It, it is. Add another 300 cars to that list. And it could and be expanded. Already so there's a, lot, there's a lot of tax dollars that could come, that grant money that we could come to expand that as well. There's a lot of there's a lot but of. But we have to be there. aggressive when we, when we when go in there. And yes, I go up down to 13 to 495. So, so, so do I every single day. Every and there is morning. ridiculous traffic. And it's ridiculous. not even just because of the cars. It's because of the sun glare, too, in the morning. So it's, <laughs> the, <laughs> but the sun glare. It, it, oh, there's a sun glare it's traffic tough. jam there that changed. So I think if, if you're looking at redeveloping the loop area and putting like a housing and mixed living situation there, all for it. But transportation does not really exist in Methuen. Mm-mm. There is no public services. No. We don't have trains like Lawrence, Andover, North Andover. You, you notice what I'm saying? Every city around us has an MBTA stop. We don't. Well, I mean, well, that, that, know, that's, MBTA, that's poor planning. I mean, that right. means that we have to really look and, and sit with Miva and say, listen, we, don't we, we, we want a, 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 a stop. I mean, that's a huge. That's an undercutting. Yeah. That, but that's additional bus. You know, routes in Methuen, maybe. Maybe a private, you know, a, a more I can MBTA talk to Noah related. about that, but how do you guys do that as a city council? I think it's about... I have great relationship with um, our current state rep, uh, former state rep, Minakuchi, who's uh, who sits on there. Okay. And we just had a meeting with her about increasing bus routes in, in the city of Lawrence. It's about bringing those relationships to the city of Methuen and making sure that we're getting a better piece of the pie than anywhere else. Right. One of the biggest things when I see on, on the Greater Lawrence Tech is if someone pays more than any other community, my thing is to make sure that no matter what program it is, Methuen residents are getting it. Getting so we a better pay more, we pay, pay more in what? May war. In everything. And GLTS. That's kind of a vague. To the Greater Lawrence Tech. Oh, and the Greater Lawrence Tech. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. yes. Thanks, sorry, thanks, sorry. I didn't I get that either. But I yes, was too. Okay. Methuen okay. does pay more so because more. of our value. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So then, and, our, and, sorry. and we're the second, yeah. second um, highest students there. Can but we're, we're increasing more. Oops. Can you give me another countdown? Sorry. No, you guys keep going. I'm So we want to make it say, and when we talk about the after dark that we brought to with all the other communities, when I first got on GLTS, it was only offered to one community. And I, and I was like, no, that's not going to happen. We have other communities. And by the way, Methuen pays higher than every other community. So we, we want the after You want more program. services. We want more services for, for our kids. So getting, saying we have to get, if we want more buses, we have to sit with the bus company and say, listen, this is what we need. We want, we have to get these services. Why is all the services going to all the other communities and not to the city of Methuen? So listen, I want to leave one thing. And, mm-hmm. and Tom, I want you to keep this video. I'm going to hold myself accountable as well. Whoever is elected, right, be it DJ, be it Nick, be it me, be it Frank, whatever three are elected, I want to hold us to this. Because one thing I have is, you know, 
motivation to do what I say. And I'm not saying anybody doesn't. What I do know is that all these fantastic ideas come out at election time every year. Right. And it, it it's always amazing because, you know, you have all this time to do some election time. Everyone's got the solution for everything, right. you know? So I just want to make That's sure. That's why I go back and I watch the debate yeah, from two years early. Well, it's easy for us debate. to sit here and say, hey, we should put housing in the loop and, and, and let's go do it. No, the loop's got to sit down and say, right. Mm, does it work for us? But she was about to make Not a the pledge. Loop. It's, it's the no, I don't do pledges. I don't do oh, pledges. Doing, you don't pledge? Go ahead. You're no, about to I don't some do kind pledges. Of I, <laughs> no, what I don't you promise. Saying, then? I don't promise anything. What I'm saying to you is hold your <laughs> elected representatives accountable. <laughs> don't believe everything well, you, you say. You see how myself, hated I am in Methuen because listen, I try to do that. Myself included. And I will say, as an attorney, and the only attorney running, an attorney... Doctors are one of the few professions that are ethically, they're held to a higher ethical standard in their personal life and their professional life. So what I do in my personal life reflects directly on my professional license. Mm -hmm. So I have to follow a certain ethical guideline, right? Not to say people don't live high ethics and people are extremely ethical. What I'm saying is I must, right? Because mm -hmm. my license is on the I agree with whatever line. she says. And there really he matter. goes. And that's what I've... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think any of us were promising anything here. I, yeah, no pledges. Do you remember the year of the pledges? No, I don't. We're not pledging. Like, that was a while ago. Listen, Do you remember the, the year of the, of the pledges? Day. Everybody pledged, and every like ninety percent of those people broke their pledges. Right, by the way, right? It's the yeah. New Year's So one of the things that I've noticed recently is this: there's a group called the Strim Group. Is that what it's called, Nick? The <laughs> is it Strim? Sturm? The Sturm Group. Sturm Group. They were geniuses when they told the city council what they wanted to hear. Geniuses, I say. Um, you guys you guys <laughs> praised them like they were the second coming of Christ when they came down and said Joe Solomon was a bad guy. But then a few weeks later, I noticed, I watched the they city did. council, and suddenly they were, they were dastardly and horrible when they wanted to come in and they wanted to do some kind of contract with, evidence, with the evidence room. And I'm wondering how you guys can square that. I know you're the only incumbent here. Um, but this Sturm group was, a, they were geniuses one day and then it seemed like the next day they weren't giving you the answers that you wanted and suddenly they weren't. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, how, how did I'll that talk work? to the topic of the contract. I, the other topic is currently impounded by the state, so I won't have any conversation about that. Ultimately, that contract, um, looking more into it, there were other options that we should have taken to looking at evidence, um, tracking systems across the state. So when we reviewed it, it looked like it was a good opportunity. But then when it was brought to our attention um, by different parties, uh, that there are other opportunities for us to, to look into and other avenues, we should probably look that route first before. But it seemed as though city councils were attacking the Sturm Group as not being a good group to be doing business with. In fact, I think one council said we should be doing all this ourselves. I don't know about ourselves part, but because I don't think any city does evidence tracking by themselves. Um, ultimately, I think some of the tactics that were brought by the CEO was just, you know, um, you know, for me, I was a yes originally. And after looking at some of the, the conversations that we had um, during the meetings and, and off um, either by text or personal call from him, I just thought it was probably in the best interest that we look for another evidence um, system because this evidence system is, is new age technology. It's, it's newer, 
But um, I think there are other companies that are doing it a little bit cheaper. And for four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars for the taxpayer to to, to for evidence locker, I, I think ultimately finding something cheaper, we could put three hundred thousand of that to good use. Either one of you, you, uh, you put an yeah, RFP out for it. You two will have anything. Similar. I think there was an RFP originally for it, okay. and they came back in as the top of the line. And I think the ultimate decision wasn't so much about the cheap, the cheap version versus the expensive version. It was what was the best solution. Solution, and and of course, when you go the best solution, it's got this gizmo, that gadget, that that yeah. that tool, that ultimate. You know, everyone can have an. You and know, technology a, costs money. Yeah. So, not, but it's also not. But it's also well, it changes but, too. But it's not yeah. also just the technology. It's also it's, the unions. It's the no, 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 the insurance piece to it. Yeah. Because right. everything's insured. But we're everything not. Is, I mean, I don't want to believe, and I don't think we are like a high crime. No. You know, no. community. Well, no, I I do think Methuen. Um, does a good share of collaborational efforts across Correct. the co- Commonwealth, um, and, and, and especially in the Northeast region. Um, we do a lot of partnerships with Lawrence. We just did that recently with yeah. the, their, their um, huge raid in Haverhill. In Haverhill. So, so I think our public safety overall is, is, is very much equipped to take on things. Yeah. But I also think next to the fact that we needed a new DPW warehouse – uh, we also need a new public safety facility, and that's either a new firehouse or a new police station on its own, or one giant that. location. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, then let's 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 parlay what we just talked about. Then every community has a senior center. <coughs> Most communities have a youth center. Why not wait? If you're gonna be doing a public safety center like you're talking about, have a homeless center inside that's got all the stakeholders involved that, that partner with. Tewksbury Detox with the Sheriff's Department, places they can get beds for people. Uh, why not? Why not use the take advantage of a public safety center and really make it a public safety center? That if there are homeless individuals from Methuen, that they can go there and they can get some kind of services, so that it's not burdening Lawrence. I'm pretty sure if if Methuen Police Department, if a homeless person went up there and asked for help for some sort of service, they would have been pointed in the right direction because Methuen. Police department does have services that are directed to mental health and for homeless. And if it's not finding a bed in Methuen, it's finding a bed somewhere else. But again, Methuen is in not just crisis mode on its own. It's a commonwealth. We've already established this. This is a commonwealth matter. And for us to provide services, this is something that we can. But having being able to say, yes, let's build a house, a Lazarus house, or some sort of homeless shelter in Methuen takes... Not just you know public opinion, but also all the, all the voters that hate it. But also, you you need to make sure you have the right situation for it. You know, we've had some situations in Methuen where we've had some shelters, uh, not just shelters, um, um, like rooming houses, rooming houses yeah. problems, and and that's been public. Yeah. So you know, for us, we just want to make sure if if it's anything's provided to the city for a service that's done right. And it's, you know, no health code violations, no criminal activity. If a child's in that house, it should be a safe haven for them. And that's what the, that's what the residents are concerned with, right? Those are always the, the hot topics yeah. that come up when you mm-hmm. bring up this sort of thing. And, and I go back to public safety, too. When your fire engine starts getting to be too big to fit in a building, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Okay? I just and had a conversation about that, when actually. You're, when you have to take one ambul- one engine out to fill a third because two of them are in Lawrence or in Haverhill supporting other communities, because we don't get that support back 90% of the time. It's most of the time our people out there doing it. You know, I had 
I'm not even going to get into personal life, but I know people that have called 911 and that ambulance came there, took care, the fire department was there, took care of that family member and, and even took care of the person that was, you know, very upset about the situation. You know, think about if it's your child mm-hmm. and that ambulance is out of service. Mm-hmm. You have to wait 15 minutes from Lawrence General to get yeah. there. Right. That's the f- problem with this situation. So that's why, again, I continue to go back to the mayor asking for additional funding for fire department and the police department. Addition- we had eight heads on the table last year. I would like to see at least four come to the cross. Because, again, when an engine goes down, an ambulance goes up, and then a house c- cuts on fire, where's that other engine? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we need the public safety here. It has to be, it has to be and I'm, I'm going to agree with Nick, we have to have a public safety building because – the the firehouse at, at at the five corners four corners, that's hard for for them to go in and out of there. Doesn't fit the scrapes. Right. So we definitely need. Have you ever walked up those makeshift stairs too? Yeah, I they're mean, falling apart. I know. Yeah. So we we and, and these are facilities that that do the public safety in the community. I mean, they they should have a, a good facility. Do I? That's not a bad idea of having a section where we have a. a a person that deals with referrals for the homeless, for the homeless, or not just the homeless, for residents. For any, I'm only talking about from the yeah, residents. but not just the homeless. For anybody that goes there looking for referrals for services, okay, and, and we can have somebody there for that. Um, but we definitely start have to look at infrastructure. We have to look at a police department, and it needs to be rebuilt. What, whether it's there, and maybe a, a, a public safety building where we have all. All of them. And, under one and, roof. and regardless of how any politician in this community feels about other politicians, you still represent the community. Correct. Mm-hmm. You come to that table regardless of how anyone has said anything. Because again, business is business, personal is personal. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that for me. So I, I, I again push, um, uh, I almost said Councilor Hamilton, State Rep <laughs> Hamilton, all the time. We're, more funding, please. I know you're doing a great job. Keep doing it. Send that check over. I say it to Pavel, too. Hey, Mr. Payano, Senator, where's that check? Please bring it over. It, it's, well, it's hard, though, when they show up at a council meeting and all anybody wants again, to talk about is, is a letter. Again, again, let's let's throw that topic aside. It's about what's best for the community. I agree. I agree. Okay. I, we, have five less than, we have four minutes left. Uh, real quickly, and then I want you to answer the question and then tell people how to get in touch with you and make your final pitch because we do only have four <laughs> minutes left. Um, the one thing we did talk about was the trash, the new trash system. What do you guys think about the new trash system? Can it be improved? What should be done? Well, Def- start with uh, Definitely needs to be improved um, because I, I, from Methuen Housing, we're still struggling <laughs> on getting um, a dumpster. And it's, it's going on almost a year now just to get a dumpster for, for our residents. And by the way, these are residents of the community. These are residents that we go out and get votes from as well, who get the least amount of services from the city. So the, I hate the – anything can be improved on. I'm not going right. to say I hate the, the Do you trash like system. the new trash system? Is, is it something no. that you would have supported? No. Right, make, okay, well, so I can't, it first and I'll let you make a so I can't, I can't answer it firsthand because I actually live on, a, I don't get those services. I pay same taxes. I don't get the, the trash service. Why not? Because I live on a private street. So I pay for my, my trash I didn't trash know there service. were private streets that existed. You live on a private street? Yep. Yeah. We have okay. quite a few. Right. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's that complex. Yep. Well, I it's see. not a complex. It's a private road. Right. But mm-hmm. um, part of when, well, part of when my, my, 
um, development was was created was again to not burden the city. The council at the time said, "Well, do, you can do it, but they're going to have private." You know. So how do you throw your trash away? Does it? Do, no, no, I get services. Pay I pay for it. Okay. I pay for it. However, I will say, as soon as I put my name in the race for council, I got bombarded with residents asking me where I stand on this trash. Right. Um, I also own other properties in Methuen, obviously my business and, and some other properties that um, do deal with the trash system. What we have to differentiate, and I think it's been just about a year we've had this service, October. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we have to differentiate is what are service problems, right, that that are kind of growing pains? Because some of the problems range from size of the trash. We don't want to pay extra. Well, that's kind of, you know, we got to deal with that and look at it, it what the, the benefit and the burden, like, like which outweighs the other, right? But then some of them might be an issue with the company in particular. Maybe we can get better service from another company. But I do think that, what is it, three-year contract? Yeah. yeah. So whoever gets elected next... We'll, we'll probably have this contract come at the end. And we All right, Nick, reading into final comments. I think with any new change comes change management. I think we could do a better job with change management on this topic. I think, uh, again, trash is kind of like... The key uh, topic. It's like, you know, it's like... Your Maybe benefit. I should have let off with this. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's a big one. It's, it's a, a big, big one. one. It's, it's a big like, one. It's like your benefits with your health care to your job to your... Trash is your city. So I think ultimately anything that comes with this type of change management is going to come with aches and pains. Did yeah. you so, I, 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 I voted yes. I, Everyone voted, voted yes. yes. Okay, so unanimous. So, you know, ultimately, you know, we look back at it and we say, you know, what were the flaws and were there other questions we could have asked? Yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, trash is up. Recycling is up. And, you know, I, yes, there's dumping issues in Methuen. But I really do think that's the topic that we need to attack. How do we stop dumping? And those cameras <laughs> that are going around on main streets are doing its job. All right. Well, we'll where's up trash with a minute left? There's so much oh more we could be talking God. about, but we are out of time, seconds. believe it or not. It's <laughs> the SAT question um, of the day. Each one of, <laughs> each one of you just tell people who you are, your name, and how do people get in touch with you before Election Day, November 7th. It is November 7th is Election Day. Ladies first. Yeah, ladies first. Go oh, ahead. thank you. I am Jane Azani Pash, again, a candidate for counselor at large. You can get in touch with me by uh, reaching out email, Jaina at peshforprogress.com, or you can go right on the website, peshforprogress.com. Um, my phone number is online if you want to type my name in, and uh, we'll go from there. Which one of you thorns, Frank. since I'm the rose? Frank. <laughs> Someone else said that. Francisco Cirillo. I'm uh, running for city council at large. You could reach me through Facebook. You could reach me at frank.cirillo at gmail.com, 978-902-7137. I'll be sure. Nicholas DeZoglio, uh, running for city council at large, number four on the ballot. So start from the bottom, work your way up. And top down. Top down. Stop at the set. Top up. <laughs> this is my time top to talk. Top of the first two. You two had the chance to <laughs> start over again because I want to make Sorry, a clip go ahead, on it. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Nick DeZuglo. St- no, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> go, Nick, because we're going to, we're going to go start ahead, go, again. Go, go, go. Can make it hard for me to make a clip out of this. Thank you uh, for your continued support for the last four years. Hopefully, I'll have it for one more time, um, and I appreciate it. Nick DeZoglio, how do they reach you? Uh, at DeZoglioForMethuen.com. All right. Thank you, everybody. I didn't think I sponsored at the beginning of the show. McLennan Real Estate. You can roll up, Mel. McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. Actually, Century 21. McLennan Real Estate. Uh, the well, Zany Pesci Law Office. And I'm going to keep saying Pesci because it's just easier to say. You say whatever you want. Uh, thank you, my dear. Uh, Marcy and Sun Construction. I love her so much. Marcy and Sun Construction. EIS Investigation and Gun Training. Borelli's Deli and Par 28. If you haven't had the coal fire pizza from Ray's, 
over at Power 28. You guys are really missing out. Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England, the Doug Mercurio Law Office in North Reading, AFC Urgent Care and Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors, uh, as well as a free shout-out to our buddies over at JG's Ice Cream in Methuen and in Salem. I want to thank Chrissy for bearing with us today with a very long podcast. Please remember to vote on November 7th. Vote on November 7th. It is next Tuesday. And thank you for Chrissy for, and Chrissy's dad for being here and Rich Russell and, of course, our executive producer, Murphy, who I think literally slept through the entire debate. <laughs> and it sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.